Hey guys, my name is Ben and you are currently tuning in to The Intern Show where we speak to past, present and future interns about internships and maybe a little bit more. And I'm Kev, your co-host. Today for our very first episode, we have Ethan Gaines, fresh grad, Toastmaster, MC and a whole lot more. So Ethan, tell us a little bit about your background and why you decided to do your internship with us for three separate times. That's interesting. So if I'm going to summarize a few years worth of uh, beautiful memories with this company. Well, I have done three internships with Leaderonomics, so in three different departments, uh, actually four. So the first one would be under organizational diagnostics and pre-sales. The second would be with Leaderonomics community arm, so that would be youth. Okay. And the third one with marketing as well as coaching. Yeah, so I've done three internships, totaling a span of about nine months. Nine months. Okay. Um, so let's just dive straight into the questions, right? Oh, uh, right. We've known you for a few years. You mm. were also a camper, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay, so you were a camper. You spent a fair amount of time with Leaderonomics, right? Okay, uh, first one. Why did you return for three internships with the same company? Right. In the beginning, so what I did was I, I went for college first and I took a gap almost a year, about eight months or so. And I have known Leaderomics, as you mentioned, when I was a camper. And it was very interesting because there it was where I met a bunch of adults, mm. working adults, who could treat us like human beings. As in, yes, they are more matured, they have the quality and the thoughts and the wisdom, but they don't ever belittle your problems. And that was the community arm. And I knew that there was so much more to the company, I just didn't know what it was. But I knew that if I could find out how people like these work in a working environment, I'd yeah. sure love to know more. So right after college, I entered the other arm of Leaderonomics, which okay. would be the learning and development arm, to get a different type of experience. Right. So interesting question. I just want to ask, um, at any point of your internship, did you feel that you needed to be treated like a full-time staff? That is a good question. And I think it's, it's pretty cool that you're asking this because I feel like the question itself makes us have to divide it. You know, are you, if you're an intern, what kind of treatment are you entitled mm, yeah. to? Right. So it's, it's a tough one because when I first came in, I already had people telling me, oh, you're doing an internship. Good luck. So you'll be making coffee. You'll be photosetting things. Yeah. Your best friend will be the photocopying machine. Yeah. So when I came in, I knew some people in the company, but there are a lot of people I still didn't know. Okay, I know it's going to sound like an advertisement, but I swear, mm -hmm. the one thing that a lot of the leader anonymous have in common is that spirit of understanding yeah. and of being and treating you like a full human being. Yeah. I did actually have a few people who were like, oh, can you help me carry this? Can you take it back home? Mm. And do some stereotypical work. But the thing is, the minute my teammates were like, oh, I think he's being treated like a stereotypical intern, they actually spoke to those other people and said, hey, uh, he's, he may be an intern, but he's part of our team. So maybe we don't make him do these things. Is that okay? Mm. So it was very interesting. I didn't expect that. I don't think interns here are treated like interns really. Yes, you're right. There are some limitations, but we don't feel like a stereotypical yeah. lower individual. There's yeah. no real huge power distance. Just so you guys know, he is not paid to say this. It's <laughs> all from his heart. Okay, but That's just right. to add on to that, right? Um, is it okay for interns to come in and feel like, oh, I do not want to be treated like full-time staff? But then when they go back, they start complaining to their peers, to their parents, to whoever, and say that, oh, I've only been 
making coffee, uh, photo stating, doing minimal paperwork, and I'm not stretched. But mm. then now there's this issue going on in many places, right? That when an intern goes in and then they say these kind of things, I'm making coffee, I'm only doing photostatic machines, uh, I'm doing small little minor work. Mm. But then when you empower them, that's where they say, oh, I feel like full-time stuff. I feel right. like I'm getting too much things to do for an intern. Mm. And so how, how do you think there should be a balance between uh, an intern and also an employee? Right. That's a... Actually, you all prepared your questions really well. I like them. It's very dynamic. So the thing about this is, on one end, you're talking about how we have people who are disengaged because coffee is the, is the main job they do. Yeah. And then you have people who are overwhelmed because they are getting full-time work. I think if you ask me, the mediating factor is really the atmosphere and the people in the environment. Okay. So there are many times when I, I've never felt like I was making coffee except for myself. But the end of getting a lot of work, yeah, I've experienced that. However, there are times when I'm sitting in, like, let's say the pantry yeah. in the morning and I'm given something like, oh, figure out what is the best way to frame our department in the view of people who have no idea what we do. How do you come up with a marketing framework for this? And I have no idea what's going on. So I sit there and I'm stunned and I'm overwhelmed for a bit. But as I sit there, someone will just walk by. So for example, maybe Guprit or Nigesh. They just walk by and they'll be like, hey, what's on your mind? What are you doing? And I say, I'm doing marketing. I have no idea what marketing is. I do psychology. Psychology is relevant, but it's not marketing. Hmm. And they'll sit down and say, so what are you doing? Uh, tell me about it. What do you need? And I've had that a few times where I'm, I'm struggling. I'm overwhelmed. But someone actually makes it a point to come and engage and ask me what's going on. So that's neither to do with the job scope, really. It's more about the company culture and environment. Okay, so I know that you just finished your university studies, yeah. right? Um, but while you were doing your internship, we were still a uni student, right? Yes. Right. Correct. So I just want to ask this quick question. How do you think your internship experiences actually helped you in um, you know, your time in university and your studies? Did that actually impact you in any way? Yeah, hugely. So... The first two internships that I did, I, I learned a lot of knowledge. I, I feel personally a lot of knowledge, mm -hmm. a lot of new things I can try when I go back to uni. What I developed the most, I feel the third time around was more of a character, as in moral values or points of views. These were things that I got to try my knowledge out on and then get a good picture of how what I learned previously fits into the full working world, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And before those two internships, I was before in between college and university which means that I hadn't gone into uni yet. Mm, okay. So when I did the third internship and I, when I was in uni, I'd already, I was like, oh, okay, uh, empower yourself, work hard, do all these things. I was doing quite well. Mm -hmm. But when I came in, I did the third internship and I received my assignments and my tasks. I was working way too hard and too perfectionistically. Mm. And what happened was my supervisor sat me down and he said, my one piece of advice for you is to make sure you spend most of your time, finish up the 80% that you need to do, and the remaining 20%, let it go. If mm. you have to do the 20%, do it, but don't fixate on it. Mm. So basically, he was telling me, I'm using up too much time trying to perfect things. And that was very scary for me because I realized in university, that's all we do. Yeah. Because if you can't finish 100% perfect assignment, you'd find yourself up at 4 a.m. trying to perfect the thing. You submitted lots of grammar mistakes later on because you strive to hit the 100% continuously. When I went back to uni, there were weeks when I had three, four assignments and several speeches and many different things to do in a week. 
I reminded myself, okay, in work you learned, you got to finish maybe about 80%. The rest is a gift. Go to the next thing. Mm. So that totally transformed my ability to handle stress. So that last piece of advice that I received changed a lot of things for me when I went back to uni. I just have a question for you, Ethan. You come across as a very vocal individual, right? So when you were an intern in your company, um, did you feel the need to sort of tone down or were you just as vocal in your opinions, in your mm. ideas, when you were contributing to your work? How do you think you managed that in the workplace? Being, you know, in a place where I'm assuming people are older than you, more experienced. Right, right. Yeah. That is something I actually learned during my second or first internship. I was quite nervous, actually, mm-hmm. because I was only about 19. And although many people in Lideronomics are young as well, it's still a gap. You're still an intern. You yeah. still have supervisors. Right. And it must be acknowledged. Mm-hmm, huh? mm-hmm. You can be your friends, but you've still got a role to play. And my biggest fear was always, if I am put in charge of something, how do I say something's wrong? Because let's say you made a, a tiny mistake or maybe a big one even. Mm. How do I tell you, yes, I, I, I am the intern. I know you don't treat me that way, but please understand that I need you to push a little bit more for this project. So that was my biggest fear. Right. And if, I don't know if you've been exposed to this. If you go f- from a college or secondary school point of view, it's usually, oh, this friend or this employee is lazy. Mm. I will cut them out of the process or I will not work with them this way yep. unless I have to. So when I came in and when I first had my few struggles, I'm like, oh no, I need to correct some stuff. This camp or this project is not working. Mm. I need to say something difficult. My first thought was, oh shoot, that's my friend. How do I cut off my friend? And I sat down, I had a long conversation with one of my bosses. How in the world do I deal with this? And he said, when you're working with your friend or or your boss or your colleagues, you need to understand what is more valuable to you. Is it Mm. the relationship or this connection? If it is you must approach them with that feeling, Mm -hmm. with the understanding that this person means more to me than the correction. Mm. This correction is important to me, but you are more important to me. Mm. Mm. So to acknowledge that relationship is there, you want it to continue. So how can you find the win-win that allows both of you to be happy and to enjoy one another's relationship? Because it's not about burning bridges at the end of the day. It's about reinforcing them. Mm. So that experience... I did have quite a few difficulties during my my second internship, but I learned how to really enjoy those relationships. That's honestly something that made a huge difference when I went to uni because when I saw all those discrepancies, when I had teammates or extracurricular activities where people weren't working for me, right? I could look at them and say, I care about you and I see how hard you're working. Mm. Can you help me figure this out? So it's something that I never thought was possible until I came here. Wow. Okay, if only if only any, everyone thought like you, right? <laughs> I think the world would be peaceful, full of peace and no problems here and there. Ah, but not everyone can get an internship with Lideronomics. Okay, guys. <laughs> Once again, it is not an advertisement. I repeat, it is not an advertisement. He is not paid to say this at all. But if I turn the question a little bit, mm. um, as an intern, did you feel that you struggled saying no to your bosses sometimes in terms of managing a workload? I'm sure there were times where you were overwhelmed with the amount of work. You know, how did you put your foot down in that sense? Oh man, that's a good one. Because I think we, in Asia, right, we're very collectivist as right, a culture. Right. Our first instinct is to say, I've got to do it for my company, my team, my group. If I do not do it for them, then 
for some reason Armageddon happens and the whole world collapses mm. so I must sacrifice myself for the benefit of the group right it requires a lot of understanding that we are individuals and oh shoot I can't remember who told me this. it was something about one of my friends at university was telling me this actually if you do not take care of yourself at all you cannot take care of others wow. this doesn't mean that it's just taking care of others mm. it's that when you can't take care of others, you ruin their experience. That's okay. very true. Yep. So if I am an intern, yes, and I have work, and I do not take care of myself, understand that I am a person as well, and I take too much work, I am going to end up becoming upset. I'm going to say something. There's going to be an argument. There's going to be resent. That ruins other people's day. That mm. makes your Monday blues two weeks from now. Mm. So if I don't want that to happen, I need to say no and explain that I feel this way and this is something that I cannot do. It's true, everybody mm. wants to stand for themselves. Uh, but not everyone will be as vocal as you. True, right? true. But then there are certain interns who will come in and I think there's this culture, it's, I think it's very Asian culture yeah, where yeah. they don't know they can say no because they're so afraid. And in uni, you can never say no to your lecturer yeah, yeah. because you have to do your assignment, right? Yeah. But when it comes <laughs> yeah, to the working yeah. world, they don't know that they can say no. So simple things sometimes when uh, an intern comes and tells us, oh, I've got so much things to do and mm. things like that, but they could have the, ch- the chance to just say, hey, uh, I'm a bit swamped for now, but is it okay if I come back to you later? Right. right? So I think it's a culture thing or it could be a personal thing because they, not, not many people probably are exposed to meeting adults at a younger age. It's probably just their True. parents, their siblings, their uncle, aunties, right? Not corporate other than your lecturers. True. And even your lecturers, you don't even say no to your lecturer. Yeah, Because no, I don't think anybody will say no to a lecturer. La. You just smile and nod and wait yes, for Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, that's, uh, that's actually very interesting because you're right. I mean, I am a bit more vocal, right? So that's not really fair to say that everybody should be mm. that way. Right. So I was very curious about it because I can't... Let's say I have a friend who is upset and needs to say no. I can't tell them, just do it, man. Say no. The world is yours. Take yeah, exactly. charge of it. Doesn't make sense. You will not relate. So I was reading this book the other day by Adam Grant and it was saying there are many people who are like that. But when you ask them to negotiate or say no on someone else's behalf, they're more than willing to do it because they want to protect another person. Yeah. So before deciding to say no, what I would do, and I still do it actually because I'm not fully assertive, 100% mm. able to function mm. and say no. I would picture I am someone else. If that someone else was receiving this task, would I say no? Hmm. How would I defend them? Do I think this person is doing too much? Can I let him suffer that way? So if imaginary Ethan is going to suffer so much and I cannot let him suffer, yeah. how can I let real Ethan suffer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I usually tell my friends that. So I mean, I know for you, you would do it. You would say yes. But if you were negotiating this for someone else, would you still say yes? If the answer is no, maybe you need to say no. Hmm. We'll be back in a bit. Uh, so stay tuned as we have Ethan on board and also Kat and I but we will come back and we'll continue to grill you a bit more uh, with probably some deeper questions and probably give you some time to think about questions that you want to ask us and we want to you too can do ever wondered what leadership is all about is it developed over time or are people just born with it we believe there is a science behind leadership and we want to help you understand it. Take this journey with us as we hear from renowned leaders from all over the world over our range of shows, tackling key spaces, 
in different industries today. Leadernomics, the science of building leaders. All right, welcome back to the intern show. Um, and we have with us today Ethan, who's a familiar face in Leadernomics, um, returning intern for about three times already. Um, walk me through your most recent experience as an intern and what was your most memorable experience? Okay, so yes, I know you can't see me, but I can guarantee you this face is familiar. <laughs> and so this round was pretty spectacular, actually. So I think I got the full brunt of a challenge. My first time, first two times around, it was very, it was still a lot of surface level learning. This round, I got an internship under two different departments. Okay. So I was under the head of marketing and the head of advancement coaching. And it was quite funny, actually, because whatever I learned from the head of marketing, I'd go and use with the head of coaching. Whatever I learned from the head of coaching, I'd go and right. use with the head of marketing. So I got to double up my experience. But the thing that I would say is most memorable was probably working with my fellow interns. Mm. Has to be, especially the internship project. That was a very, very enriching experience. Very humanizing for me, I felt. Mm -hmm. Because we're very told about... I mean, coming from the perspective of someone who hasn't had yeah. a full-time job yet, right? Yeah. They were told about the very cutthroat nature of working. Yeah. Even if you're working at a nice place, yeah. you do or die. If somebody dies, oh, well, too bad. Maybe their mm. body will fertilize the ground, something like that. But when I was working with this group and we had to do a particular project to work on a new department, it was tough at certain times. And I remember questioning myself a lot. And as I was questioning myself, I realized that my teammates are also questioning themselves. Mm. And they are also struggling and they need me to say something or we need to talk about it. Mm. And I need to be with them, with the team. Mm. That's a very weird thing to say to me because I think previously, uh, or at least coming from my point of view, a lot of times we are told leadership is very functional. Yeah. Which means you are a leader, do this, do that. But leaders are also very much human and relational. Yeah. So it's a lot about understanding the people. When I had to do this project, at the end of the day, we did. I would feel quite well. We worked pretty hard on it. Mm -hmm. But I felt like the one thing that we learned to do was be there for one another. Mm. And the one thing that I felt I personally enjoyed the most was learning that times may be tough, but I can still make them better for my team. Now, we're going to throw the ball to your court. Mm. Okay, so now the ball is with you. And it's up to you now. What, what do you want to know from us? What would you like to hear from uh, the people who are in charge of the interns? I'm not very athletic, but let's uh, give this ball a shot. Yes. Okay, let's go. I'm very, quite frankly, very curious. Coming from a perspective of people who like to grow and nurture people, in their roles, right? And as well as interns. Mm -hmm. How then do you reprimand someone who is not doing a good job as an intern? I understand. I understand to one extreme end, you could just go, you're terrible, you're an intern, get better, try harder. Mm. And on the other end, you could just question. close your eyes and say, it's just an intern, you know. But I'm from knowing both of you, I know you don't view people like that. So how do you do the reprimand thing? Somebody is too comfortable not really doing their mm. job, taking things for granted. Yeah, I don't think I've really had that experience of managing that. So Kat, Kat <laughs> over here probably has, <laughs> has done the confrontation All and right. uh, yeah, it's time thanks, for you to buck thanks. up. So Kat, the ball's on your court okay. now. Okay, um, tough question, but good one, Ethan. I mean, I think we've faced that a couple of times here and then. I think it's only natural. Hmm. Um, ben won't share, but I think coming from the both of us, I think it's always coming... Um, with an approach of treating like this 
treating this person like a real human being. I think mm, um, yeah. it's always about asking the whys first and sort of giving the benefit of the doubt. You know, why do you think you did this? Uh, was there a reason behind it? Is it? And then sort of diagnosing the issue from there. You know, was it right, something that we right. could have done to support you better? Did you not have the knowledge or the, or the support to get this task done? Um, were you facing some sort of issue that we could have helped you with? Mm. Right? I mean, if it's something that we, we couldn't or we can't, then why did you behave this way? Or, mm. or rather, why did you choose to act this way? Right. right. So I think we're just coming from a point of view of treating interns like full-timers, not mm-hmm. as kids, but as adults who have ownership of their own actions and their behaviours as well. Mm. Yeah. Anything mm. to add uh, then? Yeah, so I think personally also, I guess the culture here or the way that uh, the intern team works is that we want them to learn here mm. rather than getting it from outside. Because like, like you said, the corporate world can be very cutthroat or they can be really mean, they could be real monsters out there. But I don't think that's, <laughs> that's the whole corporate world in general. I think it's just some places if it's a really toxic environment. And I guess we just want them to learn. We'd rather be the bad guy here uh, we'd rather be the bad cop than at least they learn here before they step into the real world for a full-time, for a full-time job and things mm-hmm. like that. It's just really teaching them before they go into the real world. Mm. Because in the end, when an intern leaves this place or an intern leaves any company that they have been for an internship, they will forever be a product of right. that workplace. I like, I like the pairing because we've got a little bit of uh, interestingly consulting sort of point of view want to figure out the why first but mm. also the whole aspect of understanding the human and taking responsibility mm. as the company treating this individual as a person who will learn and may go to other places. Mm. I am also curious being very learner-centric yeah. and very growth-centric yeah. how do we provide those crucible moments those challenging moments oh. And ensure that we do not burn people out. So, interns who get the nice challenge typically face the risk of getting burnt out. As in, they have worked too hard, and this is something I find rather dangerous. After working so hard on a particular short span of time, they might never want to work as hard again. Mm, So, are there any things that you would say or any mechanisms you can think of to let this person know that what you're experiencing now is just one step in the process. I would only come from my own experience of having my own interns um, and stretching them to their limit would always be a priority. But I take the, or rather I hope that I take the effort to sort of provide them with a safety net and some guidance as well. Um, it's, it's giving them room to stretch and experiment on their own so that I don't feed them all the answers, but it's mm. also providing them um, the safe space to ask questions and also the safe mm. space to say when they are struggling, right? Mm. So it's never I just see. the fear yep. of saying that I need help. Um, I may not need 100% help, but I may mm. need certain mm. help and some guidance. I need some advice because it's new to me. Um, and I think it's always the sort of the safety blanket that you provide at the end of the day. Um, right. But also balancing right. that with, you know, not relying on your supervisor entirely for help. Mm. Right. So then that gives you space to grow, but also the comfort and, sec- and the security to uh, not get burnt out at the end of the day because you know that there are always going to be people who support you, the team who will support mm. you, and obviously a supervisor who's going to guide you along the way. Mm. Right. So that's a lot of allowing people to fail, yeah. but of letting them know that should you fail and when you learn and grow, we are also there to sort of hold you in place right. so yeah. you don't burn to crisp. Yeah. 
I think that's really nice to know because if you can combine a healthy dose of stretching to the max with a nice safety net, then you get an intact human being who is now a little bit bigger than they were before. Right. Mm. So what about you, Ben? Would you like to share what your thoughts are on this perspective? Mm. With uh, Kath giving us a very, very nice detailed answer. Uh, yeah, so Kath is more of a nurturing kind of uh, <laughs> person, right? For me, I think what the burnt out part would be really, I guess the crucible moment is really working really hard. And I guess just simple experience would be for my internship experience back in the back in the days, right? Back in the days, I'm not that old, guys. Uh, but you know, just from my personal internship experience in at the whole audit firm, uh, totally different kind of era and different mm. kind of space. Um, overworking there, it's normal, mm-hmm. and I guess it's also it doesn't just depend on the employees. I think it really depends on the interns' mindset as well. So if they want to come in and say that, hey, I just want to do this internship because I have to. Yeah, yeah, right? true, true. Um, because my uni says I have to do this internship. It's going to fulfill what I need to do. I'm going to leave after that. And you don't really learn as much. But if you come in with a mindset that even though I have to, I really want to do it. I really mm. want to excel. I really want to experience this working world. I want to experience what my future is going to be. Some people who don't have to do an internship, they want to do an internship. And... When you go into an internship, I think it's a mindset thing where you have to shift and understand that you really want to experience the whole working life. So whether it's really working odd hours or really putting in your all for a certain project, just really pushing yourself beyond the boundaries. Our very own CEO believes in interns so much. Mm. He loves interns. He always says that interns should be stretched so much in the three months. They should experience three years in three months. Mm. Because... I guess that's that's where interns should see the bigger picture, not a short-term goal, mm. but a long-term goal. True. I yeah. think I think it's a good combination of points because at the end of the day, the employer can provide the safety net. But mm. if you don't have your own safety net, then you're just wearing things mm-hmm. very thin. Yeah. right? That's really true. I think it's, again, as you mentioned, two-way. And as you said, we're going to be stretched no matter where. It just matters on do you have your own safety net and do you have an yeah. employer who is willing to provide you one. Mm. Yeah. So yep. with that, right, I mean, we've talked a lot about, a lot about burning stuff and about uh, people's motivation and performance. I feel we rarely get insight into what you enjoy about being a supervisor to interns. There must be something. I, I hope, fingers crossed, uh, you're both <laughs> wow. smiling. So yeah, I this, so too. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder too. Good question. Yeah, so like as people who manage or supervise interns, uh, indirectly, albeit, is there something you particularly enjoy about this experience? Honestly, for for my perspective, I've always liked being the bad person, the bad teacher in school, or the bad cop. I love being. I'm sorry, guys, uh, listeners, if you ever hear this, I love being the bad cop. But I think I'm more of the. You know, in school, you always have this teacher that you really hate, the discipline teacher that you just hate his guts or her guts so much. But when you're done with school, you love her and you're like, you love him and you're just reconnecting with him and her or whoever, right? Whether it's the headmaster, whether it's that one teacher, you just hate the gut so much. But there will always be that impact in your life. Um, so I mean, I don't, I don't. For personally, for me, I don't bully the interns or I don't scold them or whatnot. But it's more of why, what kind of joy do I get? Would be being to able to see the potential just be f- almost fully developed. I mean, we can never say that, oh, we fully developed their passion, mm, right? Mm. I mean, their potential. So I think that what I uh, love about this this part of my job would be 
just really being able to see young generation being built mm. or young leaders being formed because we we talk about leadership leadership is a whole new thing coming up especially in the younger generation everybody wants to step up um, so just seeing them just a little bit of improvement or a vast vast amount of improvement as long as there is a certain form of improvement or a certain form of them getting to know themselves better mm. that is where I find personally I find joy in that yeah right so you find joy in watching them fulfill their prophecy or potential yes and exactly. being the person who can provide them those challenging yes. conversations or those pushes mm. uh. by the way nobody hates Ben to know <laughs> tomorrow yeah, just, just to clarify if he seems nice but he says evil things on this uh, talk show it, it doesn't match yeah because he's actually pretty nice yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm quite, yeah, I'm quite so bad like we, just, we just watch all your all your future intents listen to this podcast like Ben what does Ben do when we're not looking <laughs> so Kath uh, any thoughts no I mean I probably think it's about uh, it's a similar point I think if you strip everything away it's always about the development that you see in the different interns um, Ben may come from a different approach which is playing back cop but mm-hmm. I think what's personally very fulfilling is just um, seeing the small changes lah. Mm. Um, so I may not be as mean as Ben but <laughs> no I think I think Ken's the one that's really like Ben like oh my goodness we need to talk no like, no okay, no sorry, but boss. it's about it's about it's about the small moments you have with um, individual interns here and there right the right, times right. where they share what their development gaps are and mm. then voicing it on and saying you know how can I change that or how can I how can I improve myself in that area um, right, and then right. it's about providing them suggestions you know okay how can I help you in your short time here to grow in that area so that mm. when you do leave mm. there are some significant differences um, that you can stretch in right so at the end of the day having these exit interviews with interns and hearing them say you know what I did grow in this area um, having them realize that they have been stretched and developed in certain ways that they've mm. always wanted to be stretched that's particularly fulfilling for me so it's even just like, even if it's just a small minor improvement um then it's just knowing that we actually help them along the way in their career mm. development. We've got already so many questions between one another, right? Mm. Okay, mm. just to wrap it up, just to wrap this whole intern show uh, with Ethan. All right. Right. So just with quick two sentences, uh, what would your next step be after uni or now that you just told us today that you just graduated, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is your, what's your big, step after uni are you going to do internship are you going to go tra- <laughs> are you going to go travel the world you know are you going to do what? what's your what's your goal next going forward I would be working in an FMCG so we'd have very different people wow. with different okay. joys different passions yeah. some people are here because they like this very particular type of thing mm. for some it's just a 9 to 5 how do I enjoy that experience with them yeah. because I believe nice people are out there kind people are out there and I've met many people who are similar to the ones I encountered during my internship. So I'm just looking forward to creating new memories, facing mm. new challenges. Yeah. Ethan, if you had one final advice, one piece of advice that you think that they should know before entering their internship, what would it be? My final piece of advice is if you know what you want to learn, then people can help you figure out how to get it. If you do not know what you want to learn, yeah. You those crucible moments and challenges will become very painful, mm-hmm. mm. unnecessarily painful. So why give yourself unnecessary pain when you can come in knowing what you want to learn? Then your supervisors can help you get there. Mm. Wow. Okay, that's All really right. deep. All right. So I guess that wraps up for the intern show with Ethan today. 
Once again, my name is Ben. Um, my name is Kathleen. And thank you again, Ethan, for having your time with us. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. And that was Ethan Gaines, who came for an internship with us for three different times. And also not did he just grow himself, but he has also impacted us in many ways. Why did we choose him to be here? It's not very conventional for a person to do three different internships over nine months uh, with one company. But if it stretches you, go ahead. If you like this podcast, you can follow Legionomics FM on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to be featured on this show like Ethan, reach out to us via Instagram at Legionomics. Have a great rest of the day ahead. Ciao! You've been listening to Legionomics FM, the science of building leaders.